Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them. And easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, we are live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. We got a special guest in the house. He's so special. He's so special. Zach, welcome back, buddy. It's been a minute, man. It's been a minute. It's finally time to start looking into the 2023 season. Break it all down. I'm here with Zach. Like I said, he's back. We're going to break down the NFC East in this episode. You know, who we're targeting, who we're avoiding, kind of doing little team breakdowns. Uh, you know, a little bit early in the offseason. But, uh, you know, we'll be back later this week again for the AFC East. And we'll continue to break down two divisions a week over the next few weeks on this podcast. Zach, what's up, man? Yeah. How's the offseason treating you? Um, The draft could have been better. Uh, you know, if you, you want to talk about the draft, the draft was great. The Dallas had a great free agency, so I, I was happy about that. But, you know, the draft was a little bit of a curveball. But... I got my own ideas of where that's going now. We're going to talk about that today. Um, but outside of that, the offseason has been interesting. Um, a lot of players moving. I mean, when was the last time I was on? I think we talked about it was like a draft preview. Is that? Is yep. that? I think that's what it was, yeah. I think so. so. It's been a little bit. Yeah, man. And we're going to get right into it. Let's start with your Cowboys. All yeah. right, CeeDee Lamb, you know, uh, we'll go through everything. CeeDee Lamb is, you know, obviously a big target for many. And I think both of us would love to have him on our roster. Right, yeah. expecting him to be around the one-two turn in twelve-team leagues, uh, and and when I talk about you know these rounds and where these guys are going, um, you know I am I am talking about twelve-team leagues. Okay, uh, we're using underdog fantasy as our guide because that is the only place people are drafting for real during this time of year. Like people are putting actual money on the line, so you know that these prices are going to be accurate. Right. You know that this is really indicative of the market. Right now, um, wide, receiver, wide receivers do tend to go, go off the board a little bit earlier than running backs in this format, given there are three wide receivers and a flex. Um, and along with a little bit of the tournament strategy playing into it as well, you'll see that wide receivers go off at the board a little bit, you know, uh, more than running backs early. So, you know, while we're at it, you know, make sure to go check out Underdog Fantasy, you know, do some best ball drafts because there's zero management after you draft. All you have to do is just draft and you're done because the best players will automatically be placed into your lineup. You get a real good idea too of where these guys will be drafted for your home leagues. So you get an edge when you draft early. Okay. Uh, you know, you yeah. can win some money. There's a lot of there's a lot of guys that you can draft at a certain spot now 
that will definitely move up a couple rounds or more, you know, in the summer, July, August. Okay, so there is a, a real advantage. If I'm not mistaken, the the person who won the the big money tournament, the puppy, in 2021 and 2022, right. they were drafting in July. Okay. Oh, no, I'm sorry. In June is when they drafted their team. Okay, so that's pretty early. So right yeah. now, uh, Underdog is doubling your first deposit up to $100 if you use the code UPPERHAND or if you use the link in the description of the podcast. And make sure you go check that out. Okay, back to CD Lamb. No issues grabbing him, right? Like, we don't want to focus on the obvious ones, like, unless we're against yeah. grabbing them at that price. I don't think the case that's the case here, right? Like, CD yeah. Lamb, you know, one-two turn, we're good with that. Now, the rest of the wide receiver core outside of CD Lamb, right, you got Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup, right? Mm-hmm. Jalen Tolbert, kind of like fourth string, but a little bit of a distant fourth string. Distant. You have Tony Pollard as the <laughs> RB1. They brought in Deuce Vaughn in the sixth round of the draft. They already had Malik Davis and Ronald Jones on the roster. Okay. Yeah. How are you viewing the Cowboys' offensive philosophy of this team going into 2023? It's changing. It's a complete change. I'm seeing something. I'm hearing all sorts of things from all different reporters I've seen and from what the Cowboys did with their draft and what Mike McCarthy's talking about. It seems like they want to get back to running the ball. And obviously it's like, well, why would they do that? They just got rid of Z. Well, that might be out with somebody who wasn't really contributing, uh, obviously on offense. He had those touchdowns and you could depend on Zeke last season for a solid 14, 15 points per game in PPR. He was good for a touchdown. I think he scored a touchdown at least in eight straight weeks. And he was actually pretty reliable, but now he's gone. Tony Pollard is now in the picture. They're going to rely on him. They drafted Deuce Vaughn. I do think Deuce Vaughn gets on the field and is contributing early. It's going to be a run-first philosophy, according to all the signs that I'm seeing. They moved Kellen Moore out. When Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator, Dallas was one of the fastest offenses in the league. Mike McCarthy wants to change that. Um, The way they drafted, like I said, they want to get better in the trenches. They look around in the NFC and they think, okay, what are the teams that we're losing to consistently, those being the 49ers and the Eagles, doing better than we are? And it's running the ball and winning in the trenches. So that's what Dallas is going to try to do now. They drafted that way. They obviously fortified in the first round. That was on defense. They picked Mozzie Smith uh, as a defensive tackle out of Michigan. But then they went and drafted one of the better running run-blocking tight ends in the draft, in this draft class, in the second round. So I'm looking at that as we want to run the ball more. We don't want to put it all squarely on Dak's shoulders and rely on him completely 100% week in and week out. And if it's going to be a slowing down offense, I think that the only receivers that are going to be relevant, or at least on a weekly basis, are going to be the top two guys, and that's CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks. We knew CeeDee Lamb was going to be relevant. Brandon Cooks, I think he's going to be a spot contributor. He's not really going to have any type of wide receiver one upside on the season he might have a couple wide receiver one weeks but these are the only two wide receivers i'm interested in targeting michael gallup he is going to be healthier coming off of that acl injury they had in 2021 definitely hampered him in 2022 he had a really down year um he he'll have his weeks but i'm not trusting him at all to contribute on a weekly basis yeah no i i get that man and i uh, when you talk about the run blocking tight end are you talking are you referring to asim richards yeah asim richards okay. in the fifth round now Luke Schoomaker. <laughs> Luke Schoomaker. Asim Richards is a fifth-round pick. Yes. Right? I mean, I, I don't know what kind of philosophy, you know, the Cowboys had when drafting him, right? This could have been like a best player available on the board type of pick. Like, 
the basically the Cowboys offensive line, it, it's it's their starting offensive line is gonna probably be, you know, veterans, right? There's no I don't think there's going to be a rookie starting on this offensive line, right? Yeah. You know, going into I mean, this season. There's Tyler Smith, right? he's his second year, but uh, you know, right. Tyler Smith outside year. of that, it's all veterans at least veterans. four or five years. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you know, honestly, man, like the way that I'm looking at at this team, I, I still think it's going to be a pretty pass heavy team. Now, you know, they don't have like you mentioned, they don't have a running back like Zeke anymore, right? 231 attempts for yeah. Zeke last year. And like we would have to assume that if they're gonna be a run heavy team, that Pollard is gonna get like 275 carries this year. Like I, I yeah. don't see that personally. You know, they added a five five running back who's you know, dad was a scout for the Cowboys. It's a great story. <laughs> you know, but that, that doesn't translate to a team that is going to run the ball. Like I can see them slowing down a bit, like you mentioned, right? They were one of the fastest teams in terms of play calling. Um, but I, I it, it's still looking to me like this is gonna be and maybe actually switching a little bit to a Dak Prescott led offense right now. You got three good wide receivers with a running back who will probably, you know, get still like 15 to 20 total touches a game. Like, dude, I don't look at Pollard as someone who's going to get like 22 to 25. Like, I can see like the 22 range, maybe. Mm-hmm. But more than that, it is, it's a little bit tough for me. And then you look at the rest of the the roster in terms of the running backs, and you're like, you know, I just don't see a situation where these running backs are going to get enough touches to potentially make this a run first offense, you know, um, Mike McCarthy I, I too. Them. Pass first guy. He's always been now. I understand that he's always have Aaron Rodgers, right? Like ten of his twelve yeah. seasons, you know, as the play caller in Green Bay, and in those seasons, he was in the top half of the league in pass attempts. Um, Eleven or thirteen of those years, this team was top ten in passing yards. Um, again, with prime Aaron Rodgers, uh, but you know, West Coast offense, right? switching it up a little bit i you know getting the ball out of your hands quickly that that's exactly what dak needs and because of that you mentioned brandon cooks man like i really like brandon cooks in this situation you know the production that he's had in his career and and i'm looking at his price he's going off the board as a wide receiver 42 at the seven eight turn um i love that personally like he'll definitely be on my radar around that spot um i think cd you know will get his 160 targets no problem um, and then Cooks, I think, is in line for around 100 to 110 targets. I think that right there should be enough for, like, solid wide receiver three at the very least. And with yeah. a little bit of upside, you know, maybe high-end wide receiver three. I can totally see that. Um, now, I, I like Jake Ferguson as a late-round target of mine. And you like Luke, uh, Luke Schoonmaker. It's Schoonmaker, so why, yes. <laughs> why Schoonmaker over Ferguson, Zach? It. This goes completely off of me predicting the philosophy change to run first. And you're predicting not the philosophy change. You're thinking they're going to stay with the pass. So obviously we're going to have that disconnect right here. But I'm looking at it as if Dallas is going to be run first. They're going to be running the ball often. Schoonmaker is a much better run blocker than Jake Ferguson already. And they drafted him in the second round. This is a guy that they want to have on the field, obviously, early. They wouldn't use a second-round pick on somebody that they don't don't want to feature at least a little bit in this offense. And Dallas runs multi-tight end sets a whole lot. So he's going to be on the field, especially in the red zone. So I look at him to kind of fill Dalton Schultz's shoes in that situation as a plus blocker where Dalton Schultz really wasn't. They're going to use him in those sets more often. I think they're going to count on him to kind of make that role better. 
and overall, you know, impact the offense in a more positive way than maybe Dalton Schultz would have. And because he's going to be on the field blocking, that's going to inevitably lead to him being on the field on some play actions, that kind of thing, open him up to run some routes. I'm counting on him to be on the field more than Jake Ferguson. It might not necessarily be in those simple, just straightforward throwing sets, but he's going to be there on the field more often, I think, than Jake Ferguson, just because of his run blocking ability. And that could land him. He could just fall into some targets. And that's exactly what Dalton Schultz did. Um, I know this doesn't count for anything, but he also kind of looks like Dalton Schultz and he's wearing 86. So yeah, I think <laughs> that this is this is pretty much, you know, they're telegraphing this one. I, I'm in I'm in on Schoonmaker because he's going also seven spots later than Jake Ferguson. I mean, that's a zero risk pick. I think there's upside there. Obviously, you might call me a little biased. I'm a Cowboys fan, but I also know a little bit about the Cowboys, how they want to do things. So I, I think that definitely Schoonmaker, if you're completely empty at tight end, especially, you know, if you want to just grab him late, he could potentially fall into that weekly high tight end two range, especially if you could score some touchdowns. Like I said, they run the multi tight end sets in the red zone. I, um, you know, I, I don't want to target any tight end that is a run blocker. Like I, 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 you know, if, if, if I, I hear you on that if, one, if yeah. the guy is going to be on the field, that's great, but I need him to be running routes and I don't want him just to be running the routes that are off of play action or in the, in the red zone. I want the guy who's going to be potentially running around on a high percentage of these dropbacks, these Dak Prescott dropbacks, because we know Dak likes his tight end. Yeah. So I'm looking at Schoonmaker versus Ferguson. I'm like, you know, for a rookie tight end to come out of the gate and be productive in the receiving game, like that would be a huge surprise. And especially for fantasy, like here are tight ends who average more than 10 PPR fantasy points per game. And I'm not saying that, you know, obviously that's maybe a high bar, right. For a rookie tight end and, or even somebody who's going to be potentially like run a run blocker. But yeah. here are the guys, right? Just overall, like, should we even be targeting rookie tight ends unless they're freaks like Kyle Pitts? Kyle Pitts is in this conversation, right? Tight ends who average more than 10 PPR fantasy points per game in their rookie year since 2010. Jordan Reed, Evan Ingram, Kyle Pitts, Aaron Hernandez. That's it. Okay. Uh, Gronk was up next. Pat Fryermuth next. But those two guys were very much highly touted prospects, right? Then mm-hmm. someone like Schoonmaker, who I don't even think Schoonmaker it was that good of a prospect. Like, I think... No, you know, this was a reach <laughs> by the Cowboys and you have someone like Ferguson who's now going into his second year and, you know, had a way more productive college career at Wisconsin, like literally freshman, sophomore, junior year, producing every single year in the power five was top six in yards per route run last year among all tight ends on a very, very small sample. Of course, he only had like 20, less than 25 targets, um, yeah. but had like 22 catches. Um but I think there's a little bit of promise there, right? Like, I think I trust that more than a rookie coming in um, and this, you know, particular rookie coming in. So, like you mentioned, like, Ferguson's, Ferguson's being drafted as a tight end 31. Okay, so this is a punt tight end play, right? Yeah. So, like, last round pick, you know, choose a tight end, you know, see what happens. Maybe he becomes Dak's guy. So, he's a tight end 31. If I'm making a mm-hmm. bet right now on who will be running – far majority the far majority of routes for this team this year at the tight end position i think it's ferguson we'll see yeah, we'll see we'll fair. see how and it ends up neither of these tight ends should be targeted as like yep i got my tight end one for the season we're gonna rely <laughs> on him like that's not even close to what we're looking I, at I will this say this though i will say this once i'm in like the 15th round 16th round and i didn't draft the tight end yeah ferguson's my pick for ferguson's my de facto pick as a as my later one as of right now as of because right of now, the upside he's like because he's a 
he's I think for me he's projected to be the starting tight end and the guy who's gonna be running more most of the routes and you know we, he showed a little bit of promise you know and I think that's that's really what what it comes down to because a lot of the other tight end situations they looks it looks like a clear either clear share at the position in terms of you know sharing the route running um and sharing the snaps in the past game and those are the most of the situations that I'm seeing at tight end like late Jake Ferguson has the upside to potentially be a guy who's running around on 70% of dropbacks, which would be amazing for a tight end. You can get that late. Yeah. That's um, now I do love Tony Pollard as well. You know, can't you have to have to mention him. I think he's going to be very, very involved in the receiving game. I think one of these running backs is going to get some run like outside of him. I think, I think, you know, if I had to pick a compliment, it might be Davis, but like Vaughn is probably the best running back. Right. And I think he can impress in camp and, you know, he's a good running back. He's just small, but he's probably the yeah. second best running back in this backfield, even right now, despite his size. But Pollard is a top five running back pretty easily for me going into the season. Um, right. And and by the way, my full rankings, both Dynasty and Redra- Redraft, are up right now on Patreon.com slash UpperHandFantasy. You can also go to UpperHandFantasy.com and find the rankings there. Um, all the links will be in the description below. Uh, but what about Dak, man? Like, you think this can be a season where, you know, he steps up, you know, into back up into like legit fantasy relevancy? Like, he's always been fantasy relevant, obviously. But, you yeah. know, is he a legit every week starter? You know, he did get an upgrade at, at, at his wide receiver, too. But obviously, he lost Dalton Schultz, one of his, you know, main main targets. Um, uh, but he's being drafted as a quarterback 11 right now behind Anthony Richardson on underdog. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that. So you look at, you say he's being drafted behind Anthony Richardson. They're polar opposites in terms of quarterback. Anthony Richardson is there. He's going to be the upside guy. He has extreme upside. But Dak is one of my safe, safe fantasy quarterbacks. If you don't get one of the high upside top end quarterbacks, if you're not going after Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, one of those guys, even Justin Fields, you know, those are the guys with the rushing ability. I think Dak is one of the best bets as far as just safe weekly production week in, week out, with a little bit of upside because we said he's on this good offense. I think he has that uh, opportunity. At QB 11, I think he not, I think that he can obviously outperform that. Um, I think that remains to be seen. He's done very well. It's just another thing that seems to be um, coming up recently these past couple of years is injury. Um, obviously, you don't want to just project that there's going to be an injury, but he hasn't played a full season since 2020, no, 2019. He did miss one game in 2021. That's what it was against the Vikings. But just something to keep in mind when you're drafting him too. Um, not something I'm happy to report on, but it's true. Uh, but Dak, I think he's on a good offense. He can throw the ball. He has the weapons. There's there's no reason to think that he can't do that. So I'm going to target him as like the safe bet. If I'm not going after one of the top guys, he'd be one of my top priorities because he has a little bit more upside than maybe a guy like Derek Carr would have who's going a little bit later than him, that kind of thing. He's in a much better offense. We've seen him have those blow-up games. We haven't seen that much from Derek Carr. So I'm kind of looking at him as my second choice if I can't get one of the top quarterbacks. Um, and he's going ahead of other guys. I would take him myself personally over Anthony Richardson, the way I like to build my teams. You know, my, I like my quarterback to be pretty solid. Obviously, you have Anthony Richardson. He might have that upside. And, um, you know, he's a rookie. We'll see how it goes. But I, I, I think that Dak can definitely get into that. He can fit in that QB 7, 8, 9 range. I think that's kind of his peak um for this season which isn't bad at all so i think at qb 11 if he finishes a qb 8 qb 9 i'll take it yeah i i would as well and you know if this does end up being a dak more dak centric offense you know i think this could definitely i think if they added a big body running back like a Fournette or someone like that that would 
uh, alter those plans, I would say. Mm-hmm. But if this could become a Dak-centric offense, this, that would be really, really interesting to me. Um, there have been right. discussions about yes. Dalvin Cook. I mean, I, it's just rumors floating around right now. But, like, Dalvin yep. Cook could be an option for Dallas, and that would be disastrous, I think, for Tony Pollard. Agreed. Agreed. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's move to the Eagles. Uh, This team looks very similar in terms of the pass game. You know, Jalen Hurts obviously has, has a very good chance to finish as the overall fantasy quarterback one you know, once again this year, he has his weapons back. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. I absolutely love Goddard. You know, I think, yeah. you know, we haven't seen his ceiling yet. You know, just to go over current ADPs, ADPs though, like Hurst is being drafted as a QB2 uh, in the late second round. AJ Brown as the wide receiver six off the board in the first. Uh, he finished as the wide receiver seven last year in PPR fantasy points per game. Devontae Smith had an extremely good second half of the year. He finished as the wide receiver 13. Uh, going off the board as the wide receiver 13 at the 2-3 turn. Uh, most likely, you know, later third round in regular 12-team home league drafts. Um, right. Goddard being taken off the board as a tight end six in the sixth round. Probably my tight end target this year every single time as of right now. Uh, what's your take on this passing game? Are you not targeting one of these guys at their prices? Are you in on any of them as long as they fall to you on the board? How are you looking at it just in terms of these receivers? I'm in on all of them. You know, obviously, we talk about <laughs> Dallas Goddard. It's easy to say this because this is, like, probably behind maybe the Chiefs, the best offense in the NFL. Um, right. Dallas Goddard, the only concern with me, obviously, he's a good target because just how scarce things are at the tight end position nowadays, it feels like. Um, but I wonder if we're ever going to see his full potential unlocked on this offense as long as you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith hanging around and then you just, they just upgraded weapons in the backfield. We'll get to them. And Jalen Hurts running, like, I don't think that he's ever going to get the targets to be like a Travis Kelsey type guy. Like, obviously, I don't know if you're projecting that type of upside, but he's, I think he's going to be stuck in that position where unless he's scoring touchdowns, which he can do, you know, he's just going to kind of be this floater in between tier one and tier two. He's better than a lot of the tier two options, but he's just a little bit worse than the tier one options. Like he's in his own tier. It's like the Dallas Goddard tier. All right. Yeah. Tier one is Kelsey, um, Kittle, who else? I'm missing someone. Obviously, like, I think, Mark I think Kelsey's, in that Kelsey's Kelsey's probably in his own tier. Okay, Kelsey. Say. So one, right now two. You have Kittle, Mark Andrews, right? And, and then you also have yeah, Hawkinson. Yeah, he's on the Vikings now. He actually did really well. And then I think I would put Dallas Goddard, even though Kyle Pitts is going ahead of Dallas Goddard in drafts. I might put Goddard ahead of Pitts because we I know the I offense well. is going to be good for Goddard. And we Kyle Pitts, you know, he just got a lot of competition. 
you know, yeah, they're being, Robinson they're, be getting those touches. Yep. They're being taken about four picks away from each other. Kyle Pitts and right. got it with Pitts going as a tight end five and got it going off the board as a tight end six. Yeah. So Goddard, I'm cool targeting him, but I don't think we're going to see the upside. Like, obviously, you can project that a little bit. He'll have his games, but I, I don't think that he's going to be, you know, this head and shoulders above everybody else type of tight end. And AJ Brown, we know he's going to be good. No worries about him. Devontae Smith, I think their projection in my mind is pretty much exactly what we saw last season. They're not going to change it, it's working well for them. Hopefully, the production stays the same. Obviously, there's been turnover in, in terms of offense coordinator. So we'll see how that you know plays out for them. But most of the intrigue relies, lies in this offense in the backfield with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, 100%, man. And you know we saw this team become a lot more balanced right this year with the additions of A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts you know, taking a step forward, partly because of that, but also because he really stepped up his game in the past game. Um, but they replaced Miles Sanders with DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. Um, I think this is a, a you know a, a duo for now with these two guys as the one two. Um, you know, I, Penny has been dealing with injuries, right? And both both these guys have been dealing with injuries their entire career, right? You know, Penny's mm-hmm. being taken as the RB thirty seven in the tenth round, uh, not bad, right? And then Swift as the RB twenty two in the sixth. Uh, most likely will be near like the fourth or fifth, honestly, fifth round in, in home leagues. Okay. Um, So I think Swift is going to be like the classic dead zone running back this year that will likely be on a lot of people's draft boards. Right. Um, I really like Swift in this situation. I, you know, I think he has the upside to be extremely efficient, you know, as he always has been when healthy, Uh, you know, the question is like, will Hertz dump the ball down? And I think, you know, he will get a lot more, you know, because Miles Sanders just wasn't that guy in the receiving game, right? I think they'll be scheming Swift into the pass game, you know, and game planning for that. So I I, I get your hesitation with someone like Dallas Goddard, like, hey, like now we have to cut with the include Swift in the pass game. So that that's that's a good point. Um, you know, it's not like the Lions were dumping the ball off to Jamal Williams in Detroit, right? But when Swift was right. on the field, they were dumping balls to him. So it's, I think it's a similar situation. When Sanders was on the field, there's no reason to get him the ball in the receiving game because he's been extremely inefficient there over the last several seasons. I do think as long as Penny is healthy, uh, he's the goal line guy, right? Right. I think he's going to be the primary early down guy as well. Um, yeah. If he can actually stay healthy, you got a pretty good return on your 10th round pick, right? With some upside, right? And, right. you know, there's RB2 upside there, you know, high in RB2 upside with with him, assuming that he scores a bunch of touchdowns. But just remember that he's not going to be really involved in the pass game. He himself has also been pretty efficient when healthy. Uh, but just it's hard to remember those days, like when he is healthy, right? Um, yeah. But a good, good offense, you know, good player. What do you think about this backfield overall? All right, so would you say, I would say that the Eagles' offense is better than the Lions' offense, Right. Yes, I would say so. Yeah, I think I think it's a step forward. Yeah. Yes. On the whole, it's better. Now, Lions I kind of look at the is great. Yeah, it Eagles is. Eagles offense is like elite. Yeah. So, I look at this as DeAndre Swift moved from situation where he wasn't getting the ball at all. They just weren't using him, and he had Jamal Williams competing with him. He's getting that now, pretty much Jamal Williams again, but maybe less dependent. The offense will be less dependent on the Jamal Williams type running back, which is going to be Rashad Penny. And he now has a clean slate where I think he's going to get those 12 to 15 touches he needs. He only needed 12 to 15 touches. We've known this through his yep. career to produce. He might actually get those touches now. 
because, like I said, clean slate, the coaching, they just didn't want to use him last season. It didn't make sense because he was super efficient when he was used. And he actually had some blow-up games despite not having a whole lot of usage. I think we're now looking at a similar situation that's slightly an improvement for DeAndre Swift, plus the fact that he's going to get the usage I need. This offense, like we said, like I said, he only needs 12, 15 touches. Can he get 12 to 15 touches with Rashad Penny on the field? Yeah, I think he can. I think so. It might not be goal line touches, but he's yeah. going to be getting the receiving work, like you said. And if 12 to if three, four, five of those 12 to 15 touches are passing, you know, their targets, like he can easily cash in, you know, and be a solid week to week player um, at worst. So I like this situation for DeAndre Swift. I think he's in for a bounce back. Uh, Rashad Penny, like you said, he's going to be the goal line back, but this is a dynamic offense. I don't want to say they're not going to have a whole lot of goal line situations, but it's an explosive offense. I think DeAndre Swift is an explosive player, and the Eagles have historically been able to get players that haven't been used how they should and make them better by giving them the usage that they should. Case in point for me is A.J. Brown. The Titans weren't using him at all. It was a terrible situation. He wasn't having that consistency that we like to see. He goes to the Eagles. They give him all the targets that he needs, and he has 1,500 yards and over double-digit touchdowns. It's, like, stupid. So this is going to be, obviously, an upgrade for me, in my mind, for DeAndre Swift. I'm going back to – I'm looking at him pretty much at this point like I was looking at him last season. Like, we knew that if he got the touches, he'd be fine, but he didn't get the touches last season. So now we know he might get the touches, same situation. There can be hype around him. I think he can definitely cash in at his ADP. Like you said, dead zone running back. This guy has the best chance to break out of that dead zone and be one of the winners in that area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, my, my, I do have a concern that, like, you know, you have Jared Goff, who's like a legit pocket quarterback, who's going to be yeah. looking for the outlet, and he's been finding DeAndre Swift, right? Will that happen with Jalen Hurts as much? I don't think so. I don't think right. he's going to be averaging the same amount of targets that he, that he was in Detroit. But I think it'll be enough for him to be a PPR RB2 with RB1 upside in, in, in certain weeks. And what if Rashad Penny gets hurt? Swift is the goal line guy. Yeah. So that offsets, right? Like, okay, maybe you don't get peppered in the passing game like you would have on the Lions. But if Rashad Penny gets hurt, like you said, you don't want to project injuries, but he has a history of getting hurt. Like, I think that offsets pretty well. So DeAndre Swift, obviously, is a guy that I'm targeting in his backfield. I think it's tough to make a case for Rashad Penny over DeAndre Swift, right? Uh, you like, know, I, I think but, you could. But then, but then you, look at the, you look at the price, right? Like Rashad Penny is being taken in the 10th round. DeAndre Swift right. is being taken fifth, sixth round. So I don't. I think I look at Penny as a, uh, you know, the risk reward. It's pretty good, I would say. Yeah, I guess Even it's the tenth round pick. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. I still think that's a decent pick. Uh, but yeah. I do like Swift in the, in the you know fifth round as well. I do. Uh, underdog, he's going in the sixth round. So yeah, really not bad at all. Like I said, you know, both these guys have injury issues. Obviously, Penny has. Had has had worse. Penny has had worse injury issues, so you know if Penny does get hurt, Swift being the goal line guy plus the targets that he's going to see, I think this could you know potentially be a pretty good season for DeAndre Swift. Let's just yeah. hope he stays healthy. I agree with you. It comes down like like you said between those choosing between those running backs. It comes down to the way you're building your team, and I love talking about the you know roster building and how you yeah. put these teams together. If you take a quarterback early, that kind of thing, how you got to go about things later on, that kind of thing. It depends on what you're looking for in a running back, but I agree. Obviously, yes, DeAndre Swift is the one I'm targeting, the way I like to build teams and that kind of thing.
eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, let's move to the Giants. They just extended to Daniel Jones. He's the QB 14 going off the board in the ninth round. Um, a very good mid-round quarterback to target. Like, we saw that he had a decent floor last year with some upside. Uh, you know, if he can get a you know, rushing touchdown in on top of his production. Uh, he, ha- he now has some new weapons, Darren Waller being the most notable one. Uh, mm-hmm. being drafted right after Dallas Goddard as the tight end seven. So I think if I miss out on Goddard, I think Waller is a great consolation prize um, because I do think that he will easily lead this team in targets, assuming someone like uh, Stone Shepard doesn't stay healthy. I think right. that's a okay assumption to make. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's getting old. I hate to say it. They, you know, the Giants, you know, they also added Jalen Wyatt. Uh, Jalen Wyatt. I've, I've been Wyatt. watching. I've been watching way too much. Um, Ozark, sorry. Uh, Jalen <laughs> Hyatt uh, to a wide receiver room that already had yep. Sterling Shepard, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, Wandell Robinson, and Jamison Crowder. That's like four slot wide receivers right there. Uh, good thing <laughs> Hyatt will – I don't know where Hyatt, Hyatt is going to play, to be honest with you. I'm assuming outside as a flanker. We'll see. You know, if I had mm-hmm. to break this down, I'd say that it's Shepard, Hodgins, and Crowder on the field if they had to pick a three. Okay. Um, as of right now, even though a couple of those guys are pretty old, uh, Crowder, especially Shepard, you know, he just hasn't been able to stay on the field, Yeah, you know, with Wandale right there, obviously, you know, uh, and then Hyatt, I think coming in situationally to start, like, I don't think Hyatt isn't every down wide receiver just yet. Um, which is why I will be avoiding him personally. I think he'll stretch the field. Um, not someone I'm targeting, right. you know, just doesn't have a full route tree yet. You know, and he's kind of limited, kind of a one-trick pony. Uh, I do think they'll they'll you he'll he'll be used hopefully near the line of scrimmage, you know, mm-hmm. and screen passes and stuff like that. That'll that'll be cool. I think they should do that because you know how else would, would you use him? Um, but that's my yeah. concern for for him, especially given how crowded this wide receiver room is. Just just overall thoughts about this wire this passing offense for the Giants as a whole. Way too crowded. 
<laughs> you said it. You hit the nail on the head. Like you were going through like your projected starters right there, and you're naming all these yeah. guys. I'm like, wait, where are we? Because there's so many <laughs> like, guys you won't even know are on the Giants. It's like Jamison Crowder. You look at the depth chart. You're like, what's he doing there? How did how did he right. get there? That kind of thing. It's just crazy. There's so many guys. Like I don't even think you mentioned Darius Slayton. I, I, I might have just missed I, it. I, like, I did. I did mention him. I did. He, he's in there. Like. <laughs> It, there's just so many here, and it goes back to that stat that I brought up the other day. I remember we were texting about it. And I said that Daniel Jones hasn't had a wide receiver finish inside the top 36 in his career, and you mentioned the receivers that he's playing with. I'm like, you know what? Maybe you're right because look at this freaking depth chart that they have. And the there's closest no way- thing that came, the closest guy that came to that was Stone Shepard, who was like an every week wide receiver too with Daniel Jones while he was healthy, but he right. just couldn't stay healthy and it makes sense because right. he was the best wide receiver that daniel jones has ever ever really played with yeah that's fair and you can mention kenny galladay that's not even a discussion but can't, anyway i can't do it so you have all these guys like there's just not there's so much competition there's too much competition that none of these guys are going to be able to separate head and shoulders above each other and it's i'm not really targeting any giants wide receivers unless it's like as speculative you know paris campbell you, i kind of I kind of feel like you're going to be picking up a couple of these Giants wide receivers off of waivers, right? Like yeah. as they get dropped. And then finally week five, you're like, oh, okay. Like this guy put together two straight games of like 10 points, 12, 12 PPR <laughs> points. And you're like, all right, let me pick yeah. him up, see what happens. And it, it might stick similar to what we saw last year, right? With Hodgins and with um, uh, who's the dude, Richie James, right? Yeah, Richie James. So you just, just kind of, kind of never know. So I think gonna- that's how it'll play out. They're going to be solid bye week fillers. I, th- I think that's what yeah. we're looking at. And I don't. Th- if you had to pick one, okay, let's do, let's play this game. If you had to pick one to separate, like I said, nobody's <laughs> going to. Okay, not a tight end, a wide receiver, <laughs> someone on the outside off the line of scrimmage. If you had to pick one to separate, that might have a shot to be like you know the target earner in this offense. Who it's definitely st- like, it's definitely Sterling Shepard. Like okay. and I, I don't think it's I don't think it's close. But again, is he going to stay healthy? Right. And yeah. like, is he even being drafted? I don't even think he's being drafted. Like, why would he be drafted? Right. No. Like, Sterling Shepard is he's being sitting, drafted. I'm, I'm in a couple of leagues. He's sitting. Yep. Wide receiver on 112. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he's I not wonder, being who, drafted. Who is the highest Giants wide receiver going right now? I, I, I bet you that Sterling Shepard is going to be picked up off of waivers. He's going to be like the top, like, he's going to be top seven on our waiver wire post for, for, for going into week two. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be. I'm sure that kind of yeah. thing. I mean, and yeah. you're a Paris Campbell truther, though. I thought you know he he's on this offense. Not he's currently listed on sleeper as a wide receiver one. Did you know Not that? anymore? <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't do it. Sorry. Uh, I mean, yeah. he's on the depth chart as a starter, but I I just I just I can't do it. I can't I do like it. I mean, he he he's had a couple, a few years to you know prove himself in the NFL, and you know last year he had a great run completely fell off the map obviously that quarterback situation was terrible so is there a chance that he is the guy that gets targets i yeah i think there there is a chance there but they also have a lot of other slot wide receivers that they could be using that he has to compete with so i'm not i'm not you know i'm not i'm not gonna be and they they have wandale too right that they just drafted that's what i was gonna say i still like wandale too it's just i don't know already injury popping up it's like he's coming it was an acl right that's tough to come back from. I mean, we just saw, we see that all the time, and it's tough to come back from that, especially the year after. And, you know, you talked about Brees Hall coming off the ACL there, and we'll get into that next episode. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, I one. think it's it's better. I mean, wide receivers have a much better hit rate, you know, the year after coming back from an ACL injury um, than running backs do. So, like, I'm not 
completely out on Wandale. Like I'm Wandale, I think it was just an ACL. There was no other ligaments there. So it was mm-hmm. like relatively clean. Um clean tear which is good so you know he i wouldn't be surprised if he can do some things the year after um but you know not someone necessarily like overly targeting though right and obviously saquon is that dude right top five yeah. fantasy running back you know this year again you know my, my full rankings are available on patreon.com slash upper hand fantasy uh let's move on to the commanders you know very interesting team to me because of their quarterback yeah. situation and their wide receiver core being so spicy Terry McLaurin, it is. Jahan Dotson, you know, I think who's ready to fully break out. Curtis Samuel. Um, Sam Howell escaped the NFL draft unscathed, and I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. Uh, but it's him and Jacoby Brissett, you know, likely battling it out for QB1 status to start the year. I think I think Howell is going to get a little bit more of the benefit of doubt, you know, because he could potentially be their future. Um, yeah. But we'll see. Like, you know, I think, and we've talked about this before, like, I do like Howell. You know, as a quarterback, like I was a fan of his in college. I just like his style. I like his gunslinger, you know, mentality. You know, um, you know, not his senior year because he had nothing to work with. Um, and even when he had nothing to work with, the dude ran it for like eight hundred yards because he had nothing to work with. Okay, the year before when he had weapons, he didn't have to do that, so he didn't. So he just passed the ball. And if he came out after his junior year, he probably would have been a first round pick. I keep saying the same thing over and over again. I sound like a broken broken record when it comes to Sam Howell, but. Um, you know, I think he, you know, his gunslinger type of mentality, I think, is going to benefit guys like McLaurin and Dotson, assuming that, you know, he could be a good quarterback, right? Like, we kind of don't know that yet. So no. I don't want to jump the gun here. No, no pun intended. But I, I do want his skill set can potentially, you know, elevate those guys, you know, because McLaurin is already a baller. Dotson is like, you know, like almost a baller. So I think this <laughs> offense has some like underrated firepower, you know, assuming Howell can do some things. And, and if not, you know, at least let's say he sucks and then Brissett mm-hmm. has to come in at some point because, you know, Ron Rivera is trying to save his job. You know, I think Brissett, you know, Brissett did support Amari Cooper last year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, most likely we'll be able to support Terry McLaurin, who I think is a better wide receiver than Amari Cooper. So I think that could totally happen. I think that's 100% on the dot. Like if I had to pick one of the most intriguing – Sorry, what's up? On the Dotson. On the Dotson. Yes. Right on, on the, the Dotson. Dotson. <laughs> but Sorry. yeah, if Lost I had to pick, beard. like Sam Howell is one of the most intriguing picks in fantasy for me this season. Because I'm with you. I think he can be really good. You know, I, I obviously very small sample size from what we saw last season. And it wasn't like he lit it up. You know, it wasn't a tremendous game. But I think with the weapons that they have and the offense that they're going to run, like, he can really do well. He's, he has the chance to be the best quarterback the commanders have had in a long time. And, you know, Jacoby Brissett, I think he is definitely, he's the backup plan. He's not, you know, the risk that they're going to take. They're going to take a risk on Sam Howell and see how it goes. You know, this is Ron Rivera trying to tie himself off to one more thing before, you know, the whole ship comes down. But I don't think you have to worry about the commander's wide receivers at all. Um, like you said, that Dotson is definitely going to break out, I think, this season. He has... He kind of reminds me like exactly of Terry McLaurin because he came out and he's just doing things very well from day one. And there's not really any holes in his game. He's not spectacular. He's not Justin Jefferson and he's not Devontae Adams, but he does everything right. He catches all the balls. It's a very solid set of hands. Like yeah. he's doing everything he needs, like good at route running, 
That's what mm-hmm. he reminds me of. So it's like two Terry McLaurins on the same offense. I think Dotson has a chance to really grow. Sam Howell can elevate him, I think, even more. They can grow together and actually have a really good connection. I think that would be, you know, best case scenario. Terry McLaurins can be fine anyway, like you said, because he's a baller. But Sam Howell, for me, is the intriguing pick in this. But I don't think you have to worry about the receivers. Like you said, Jacoby Brissett was perfectly fine. He actually ran a more fantasy-relevant offense than Deshaun Watson did last season on the Browns. So I'm not worried about them you know, really losing out the commander's wide receivers. Cause if things don't work with somehow they have Jacoby Brissett to coast through the rest of the season. And if things don't work out that way, they'll, if they're dealing with Jacoby Brissett, they're probably not going to win a whole lot of games. They'll be competitive, but we could be looking at an even better situation. If they're maybe be in position to draft a quarterback long-term next season and beyond for guys like Jahan Dotson, you know what I mean? So I don't think there's any losing by taking a commander's wide receiver this season. So McLaurin is being taken off the board as the wide receiver 26 uh, at the 5-6 turn. So, you know, if you're looking at all these wide receivers around that range, uh, we're looking at, let's start at uh, wide receiver 20. We're looking at Mike Williams, who is not a target of mine, DeAndre Hopkins, Jerry Judy, G.G. Moore at wide receiver 23, followed by Keenan mm-hmm. Allen, Drake London, Terry McLaurin at wide receiver 26. And then you got... Uh, Christian Kirk, Michael Pittman, Chris Godwin, JSN. To me, it seems like there's a little bit of a tear break after McLaurin. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I kind of feel like that. That that I, I don't think you're wrong, but it's funny. I'm looking down the list at Jahan Dotson, who I think could produce just as well, who's going at wide receiver 41. Just as well That's, as McLaurin. I mean, I, I don't know, I don't man. feel like Sam Howell would be a guy like with two solid wide receivers to just key in on one. You know what I mean? No, I, 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 I think he would key in on one because McLaurin is that good. Okay. You don't think and, Jahan, you don't think Dotson is good enough to have like some intention? Like I think that might be- I think that McLaurin is gonna eat first regardless. Okay. I, I do. And I think that, that Dotson is gonna get his too, assuming that this team can support I think it's either they support with one they support one wide receiver or they support two and not oh, one wide receiver at a higher level me McLaurin then two mm-hmm. two wide receivers at a lower level if that makes sense like I I think McLaurin it's going will to get be his top heavy like oh yeah I think so I I think so I think so um that's kind of how I'm looking at it and I think and don't get me wrong because Dotson's going off the board as a wide receiver 41 let's see 41 which I think is pretty good like at that price dude like um I'm definitely in yeah for sure I don't think he has the upside to outscore McLaurin, but listen, man, wide receiver 41, that means he's going off the board at in the seventh round. Yeah, give me that all day long. And in yeah, and, yeah. and that's on, on underdog where wide receivers are being drafted a little bit. That's a premium, yep. Heavier, okay? So seventh, eighth round for, for Dotson, dude. Yeah, that sounds great to me. Yeah, I, I like that. All, all day. Absolutely. Now, later in drafts, all the way down, don't forget about Curtis Samuel, okay? Curtis Samuel, in the beginning of the season, was a wire every week wide receiver, too. Now, right. he fell off big time because, obviously, you know, Dawson was doing his thing, and, you know, he's that new rookie, and he's a better player, I think. But Curtis Samuel is one of those guys that you can draft uh, with the very last pick um, in your league, and I think you, he could return some value, okay? Somebody who was every week wide receiver, too, for that, for the first half of the season is going off the board as the wide receiver 78 this year. He's going to be their starting slot wide receiver and he's going off the board in the 15th round, which means last round 
of a lot of people's, you know, fantasy drafts. Okay. So right. if you're looking for a piece that could contribute, I think Curtis Samuel, it makes a solid, I think if you're going to put together a list of like 10 guys who you want to use that uh, last round pick on, I think he belongs on that list. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. Um, I'm not huge on Curtis Samuel in the way this offense is looking going into the season, but you can't write him off completely, especially like you said, if he's not even being drafted or he's going to be the last pick, like at that point, he's just shooting for upside. You said yeah. starting slot wide receiver. I think he's going to be overshadowed just because by Dotson and McLaurin, but yeah. he could have his game. Like if you have him as a spot flex starter and you can, you know, start him those weeks, or if you draft him for best, best ball, you know, he could have a week or two where he pops up. 20 points a game. He was yeah. uh, pretty un- he was pretty unstartable for a big stretch of the season in the second half, right? So yeah. it's like which which Curtis Samuel are you going to get? He he was a target hog, right? Like he was just like it was all reception. So like I wouldn't start him in standard leagues, right? Or half point mm-hmm. PPR leagues. He was a PPR guy. But if he's not getting those targets and you see like in week 1 he got two targets, week 2 he's getting three targets. Bye-bye. See you yeah. later. If I'm not mistaken, it was like pretty much High, there was a high correlation between the starting quarterback and whether he produced or not. Like it, it was Carson Wentz was that Car- he was, was producing. Yep. Yeah. So McLaurin was the one that wasn't doing well when Wentz was playing, if I'm not mistaken. It That's was right. Dotson That's and right. Samuel that were doing well. Which, and then which, made, came in. which made no sense yeah. to me. And then Heineke came in and switched. Now Curtis Samuel was an odd man out. Right. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. That's interesting. Like you don't usually see that very often, but I think that's definitely something to keep in mind. Maybe, you know, you don't want to say Dotson's going to be the man odd man out because he was the only one that wasn't with the other two quarterbacks. But um, it, it'll be interesting to see how they use him if they use him. If like if he's going to be sparingly, like you said, is he going to be playing majority of snaps? Um, we'll have to see how that goes. Sorry, I was counting to see what he was. So Curtis Samuel weeks one through seven with the wide receiver seventeen in PPR. Yeah, kind of crazy. All right, moving on just to just to this backfield real quick. Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson. They drafted Chris Rodriguez in the sixth round. I think Chris Rodriguez is is a jag, just a guy. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be too concerned about him. And guess who I also think is a jag? A little bit of an upgrade Brian jag, Robinson. maybe Brian Robinson. Um, yeah. Antonio Gibson. You, were, you think... were on his case as soon as there were mentions <laughs> of him coming back. <laughs> You were on his case immediately. You're like, this is just a guy. He's not going to be out, oh, you know, snapping. Dude, so funny, man. Like um, I, I think, you know, and also as soon as, you know, Eric Bieniemy came over, you know, people who listen mm-hmm. to the podcast know that when that happened, Antonio Gibson, like the light flickered in my head, this screams Antonio Gibson to me because I think the type of offense that they run over in Kansas City, it it's not of a guy who's going to be pounding the rock like up the middle of the offensive line, like 17, right. 18 times a game. That's what Brian Robinson does. He and didn't a really, really good pass catcher. Yeah. Top six in yards per route run last year. Okay. He's a good enough runner. Very versatile player. I just think that he's going to be the guy that Eric Bieniemy wants to feature in this offense if he's going to feature anybody. So I think Antonio Gibson's the guy that I'm targeting. Um, you know, Brian Robinson just doesn't catch balls anyway. Right, he's not like a receiver to begin with, so he's an early down back. Complete up, like his upside is like mid RB two, and that's like really, really good, you know, for yeah. for for Brian Robinson. Like, I don't see that happening, right, right now, and that's why I I say to take advantage of these 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 drafts early 
on underdog is because Antonio Gibson is going off the board as the RB40 right now, okay, in the 11th round, 10, and at the 10-11 turn. So mm-hmm. you can get somebody who can potentially be an every week PPR RB2. I think yeah. that that is Antonio is in Antonio Gibson's cards. And I get everybody's like, oh, like every single year, this is Antonio Gibson, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and also, you, you just had, you know, the head coach talk about that, that, that this might be a very likely scenario. Like we talked about mm-hmm. it on the podcast last week with Lawrence that Antonio Gibson, you know, Ron Rivera said that Antonio Gibson, it looks like he's going to have a larger role, you know, in this offense. And that makes sense because we're going to be coming over. So we have a little bit of a preview of that happening earlier than we thought, but this hype train might get a little bit too high as ADP might get out of control. That's very yeah. possible. And I know that people are like, he says this shit every single year about Antonio Gibson, that he's going to get like Christian McCaffrey type of workload and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I get that, but like, we, we weren't buying it. Like, it, right. if you bought into that, that's your fault, okay? <laughs> I didn't buy into it because, like, unfortunately, last year after the – I was in on Antonio Gibson until they drafted Brian Robinson in the third round. And mm. just and yes, I didn't think too highly of, of him, but he's still a third-round running back who profiles as a very, very good goal-line short yardage back. So I'm like, there's no way that Gibson's getting goal-line carries. And he didn't. Yeah. So I, I was out. Yeah. So do you view, so obviously we can't make this 100%, you know, correlation, but I'm going to say this. Eric yeah. Bannamy comes over. Who's a better pass catcher running back right now than, do you think Jarek McKinnon's better than Antonio Gibson? I think so. Yeah. If I had to choose, like, who is the better pass catcher right now, I would say McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gibson's right Gibson, there, man. Can Gibson, Gibson take is- that type of role and produce? Yeah. I think hell yeah, hell yeah. It well, could definitely let's, happen. Let's, I mean, let's let's break it down right now. Okay, last you year, that memory lane. Antonio Gibson, PFF's eighth ranked receiving running back. Okay, and this is not. I'm not okay. even including volume here. Okay, now let's let's filter it by running backs last year who had at least 50 targets. Number one, yep. guess who it was? Antonio Gibson. No. Derek McKinnon. <laughs> no. Christian McCaffrey. Yes. Christian McCaffrey right. was number one. I thought that guess was going to be like damning. You know what I'm saying? Like it's going to be one of those two guys. We're no, talking no, no, no. Guess who was number two? The ho- the second highest ranked receiving running back according to PFF. Gibson. With a minimum of 50 targets. Antonio Gibson was number two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yards per, ru- yards per route run. CMC number one. Kamara number two. Swift number three. Echo number four. Number five. Antonio Gibson. Yeah. So he just fits this offense way better yeah. than Brian Robinson does. I, I, I just think that this is a, a situation that, you know, I understand. Like, don't buy into the hype train if you don't want to. But this situation just makes sense for him. And it's not because yeah. Ron Rivera is saying that he'll have a higher, a, a better role. You know? Does mm-hmm. that make sense? I'm- that's absolutely true. Yeah, no, I, I think you might just – I'm a lot higher now on Antonio Gibson than I was, you know, Ooh. just having that conversation. But also just a Ooh. little trip down memory lane. You know, obviously, McKinnon had a humongous second half of the season. Yeah. Last season. Just yeah. out of and nowhere. look at these other running backs. Like, you know, all these other guys were also involved in the pass game, like, you know, Kareem Hunt. And, like, you know, they've had other – you know, Jamal Charles. Like, you know, they have these type of running backs who are very involved in the receiving game. You know, right. they drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire because of that. Yeah. Because he, he, he was catching 50 balls, you know, a year. He caught at, at LSU, but he was not efficient. Right? No. 
but then they draft guys like Rashi Rice and, you know, God, can't. McCall Hardman. I can't. Uh. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> I, I think that's going to do it for this episode, Zach. Yeah. This was great. This was fun, you know, going over the NFC East. We're going to be back later this week going over the AFC East, going over those teams, Jets, my team, Bills. Patriots, yep. Bills, Dolphins. We'll be doing all that uh, later this week. Appreciate you guys. Uh, go check out, you know, we have the rookie draft kit up uh, at upperhandfantasy.com. Patreon.com slash upperhandfantasy is probably the, the place to go for that. Also, our dynasty rankings, top 250, flex, super flex, positional, all of it for dynasty and for redraft for 2023. That's all up there. Patreon.com slash upperhandfantasy. Also, go check out Underdog. Like I said, there's a ton of values to take advantage of. Use code upperhand when you do that. Download the app, make your first deposit. They will uh, give you a uh, 100% match on that first deposit if you use the code upperhand or if you use my link in the description. Appreciate you guys, Zach. It's 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 so nice to have you back. Yeah. And now videos. now the when you post on Instagram, you can actually have my name and it makes sense. Yes, I can. You know what I'm saying? Now people know. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, Zach. That's Zach guy. That's my yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right guys, take it easy. Appreciate you. If you could take just a minute and just subscribe to the podcast. If you could just subscribe, hit that plus button, follow the podcast wherever you listen. That would mean the world to us. If you want to take it to the next step, if you actually like this podcast, if you can rate and review it, that would mean the world to us. Appreciate you guys as always. See you guys later this week. Bye-bye.